events uh, occurred while he was still president. Uh, we'll be watching very closely the margin here to give us some hint uh, where some Republicans may be leaning towards the ultimate vote of impeachment. Uh, let me bring in Casey Hunt as we watch this vote. Uh, Casey, walk us through uh, the numbers we should be looking for here. Sure, Lester. So this is very straightforward in terms of the yeas and nays. Yes, we do have the right to try uh, Donald Trump in this court of impeachment. No, uh, you're seeing many Republicans uh, say no. Um, although, if I if I heard correctly, yes, Bill Cassidy there just voting yes. That's an interesting uh, one to me because, Lester, we're watching to see if there's more than five Republicans who answer this question in the affirmative. And the five that we knew uh, going into this were potentially willing uh, to say yes to this trial and potentially to convict uh, former President Trump. Uh, Senators Murkowski of Alaska, Collins of Maine, Ben Sass from Nebraska, Mitt Romney of Utah, Pat Toomey uh, of Pennsylvania, they are all people who uh, have condemned the president's actions in the, in the wake of the January 6th uh, insurrection that we have been talking about all day. But we were looking to see if more Republicans might be willing to say, okay, yes, in fact, I will consider this. And of course, the number that would be needed to convict former President Trump is 17 Republicans would have to vote with all Democrats, uh, two-thirds of majority of the Senate, to actually convict and prevent former President Trump from holding office again. We think that that's incredibly a steep hill to climb, and it's very, very difficult to count to 17. But it is possible we could see uh, some names pop up here, and uh, Senator Cassidy is, is one of them that, that just caught my eye, uh, that we, we may be looking at uh, asking more questions about going forward to see if they may be more open uh, to the arguments that the managers may be willing to present. There were a couple senators, uh, Mitch McConnell and Rob Portman among them, who had said previously that that first uh, procedural vote that they took kind of in, you know, told us a little bit about where they uh, might land, uh, didn't represent where they would ultimately come down on conviction or acquittal. So uh, still some open questions there, uh, Lester. But uh, also just to touch uh, on you know, what we just saw unfold here on the floor ahead of this vote, I think there was a lot of confusion uh, about the arguments that the Trump team made, especially in the first half uh, of their arguments. Several uh, sources that I was uh, talking to as that was unfolding, uh, texting, wondering what exactly was going on. And I know uh, our colleagues have some reporting about how the Trump team uh, was defending that. But from the perspective of, of sources up here on Capitol Hill who were listening, uh, it did feel as, as though it was wandering and not necessarily focused on the question uh, at hand. Now, of course, uh, that may not actually sway any minds here. We, of course, are seeing the rules that have governed our politics for the last four years under Trump playing out um, in a pretty uh, definitive and, and predictable way here. Uh, but I do also think it's important to underscore that even if it's just a few more Republicans, uh, remember that this impeachment was actually the most bipartisan in history with those 10 uh, House members, 10 Republican House members voting to impeach the president. Uh, and this could be uh, the most bipartisan vote in terms of the question of whether to convict uh, or acquit that we have uh, that we have seen, of course, uh, in some past cases we have not gotten as far as as such a vote um, in the past. Uh, but this, of course, a, a critical uh, a vote here just to give us kind of a read of, a temp of the temperature of the room and what we may see later on uh, when we see that final uh, that final vote. And of course, this sets the stage for the main arguments, which are set to unfold uh, tomorrow, as you heard the lead impeachment. Manager Jamie Raskin outlined there, Lester. Anyway, I, I, think, I think we just believe uh, uh, Mitch McConnell, a minority leader, has voted uh, no. He's been a big question mark because of some of the statements that he had made prior to this. Um, 
We're going to let you keep following uh, this vote, Casey. Let me quickly bring in NBC News political director and moderator, Meet the Press, Chuck Todd. Uh, Chuck, day one of this trial, again, this was on the constitutionality question, but yeah. in general, what are your thoughts about the, the different ways these two sides are approaching the larger question? Well, I mean, the, I mean, to be blunt here, the House impeachment managers have a pretty, they believe they have a pretty easy case to make, a pretty simple case to make. Uh, and frankly, the, the Trump team, you can tell that they're struggling to come up with a defense here. Uh, in general, they, they've tried a whole bunch of ideas. In fact, I think it was, I, I saw what they did. It felt like a spaghetti at the wall event. At times, you know, the president's former president's lawyer would argue that it, the impeachment was rushed. Um, or that they wanted more time, um, that it was taking too long, or that you should have done it quickly. You know, it, it's so, but I think that was actually a feature, not a bug. What it felt like to me was a series of potential ways, potential um, loose legal arguments you could throw out there to a, a Republican senator who then can go on primetime cable uh, and somehow um, rationalize this decision without talking about the events of January 6th. That seemed to be the strategy. I think if you got a whole room full of constitutional scholars, um, this would have been a rout today. Uh, and Team Raskin would have, would have, I think, won their argument. I don't think anybody would have thought that Team Castor and Schoen would have done very well here. But this is not a courtroom. This is a political argument. And we're seeing in this vote, I mean, it, it, I am stunned that it is only acquired, it looks like, one more Republican than the last time they held this vote. Because to me, if you just judge this by the merits, the Trump team, I mean, that was a, a meandering disaster for, at, at, at early on. And then at times, he just was, the Mr. Schoen was just throwing out legal phrases to just almost hoping that something stuck for some senator. And it may be that when you see McConnell and no, like I looked at some of the people I was keeping an eye on, McConnell, Cornyn, Capito, Burr, these were people who I thought could be on the fence here. If they're not voting yes on this constitutionality question, I think we know where they're going to vote uh, when the acquittal or uh, conviction is uh, up in the air. Yeah, let's go back inside the chamber right now. They should be hearing that in a moment. Here they are. It looks like they're, they're doing the, the final tally right now.
the larger question of whether a former President Trump incited those crowds from the rally to go to the Capitol and attack the Capitol. Let's bring in Chief Washington Correspondent Andrea Mitchell. Andrea, well, let's first talk about that breakdown, 56-44. What does that say about the ultimate vote? Uh, I don't know that we should draw too much uh, about the ultimate vote because they haven't heard the full, all the evidence yet. These were the opening arguments, and it was procedural. It was on the constitutional issues, I should say. It was legalistic. But it does indicate that so far the Republicans are holding and that they will not, if this does hold throughout the uh, duration of the trial, they won't have the 67 votes that they need to convict. Now, as uh, was just pointed out, Senator Cassidy, as Casey quickly uh, pointed out, did join Bill Cassidy. He was on Nick Nebraska just, uh, as you know, just a few days ago on Sunday, and he said he had an open mind. And a number of these senators have said they have an open mind. They want to hear the evidence. So it remains to be seen whether or not they are persuaded this is during the rest of the days of this trial. Presumably, the House managers have more evidence. They say they have some new evidence to see what kind of case they present. But they certainly did release that tape, which was very powerful, and there was the emotional uh, statement in closing by Jamie Raskin. So they did have a lot of force in their arguments. I think uh, pretty well, at least the reactions that we're getting from people we're talking to, pretty well determined that the counter-argument was weaker than one might have hoped for if you're Donald Trump, because uh, they didn't have as good an argument, according to most constitutional experts, the legal experts that we've talked to, uh, even some conservative Republican jurists, uh, very well-known jurists, are saying that there is a constitutional right to a trial, uh, as long as the impeachment did take place and the alleged offenses while Donald Trump was still president. All right, Andrew, let me turn now to NBC News political analyst and former Democratic Missouri Senator Claire McCaskill and NBC News legal analyst Neil Katyal, who was acting Solicitor General under President Obama. Claire, let me start with you. Uh, we saw in the, the House manager's argument that powerful uh, graphic 13-minute tape clearly setting up uh, how they're going to proceed in the days ahead. Uh, what do you think the power of those images, if they could string the words and the, and, and the timeline together, how powerful will that be in terms of perhaps changing some minds? I don't know how many minds will change in the Senate chamber, but any American who watches that I think is going to have to do a gut check. Uh, it is why the majority of America supports the conviction of Donald Trump after his impeachment. I thought the first arguments made by the House managers, and I'm somebody who spent a lot of time in a courtroom, uh, were brilliant. They were to the point. They were legally constructed in a very sound way. And then, compare and contrast the president's lawyers, the first presentation was, frankly, incoherent. Um, and then the second presentation seemed angry and failed to even distinguish the clear precedent that have been laid out in history that support the jurisdiction of the Senate to try the former president under these facts and circumstances. And they failed completely to argue. In fact, impeached while he was going off. Yeah, Neil, let, let me turn to you about the case ahead. This is, this is not a criminal trial, but if it was one, how strong a line would you need to draw from the president? Not only the words we heard on the, on the podium, but but any other conversations you would have had with, with those who stormed the Capitol? How much would you need to close this case? You need
need something. And here it's remarkable that, you know, look, I think Jamie Raskin gave maybe the best oral argument I've ever heard in any court setting ever, ever, and hitting both head and heart. But one thing he didn't say was that Gabe Sterling, December 1st uh, uh, statement, in which he said, Sterling said, Mr. President, stop this rhetoric. Someone is going to get shot. Someone is going to get killed. He's clearly holding that back and setting that, setting the tone tomorrow and over the next days. Because look, there are some ambiguous statements that Donald Trump has made uh, over time. But when you start with that and that warning, and then you look at his state Trump statements afterwards, it's that luster which I think draws the uh, kind of gives the impeachment article uh, so much force. And if I'm Donald Trump today. I'd be pretty worried. I wouldn't take much comfort in this 44-person vote that he got today because it's really easy for the senators to say, oh, it's this constitutional issue. American public doesn't really totally understand. You know, but Trump's lawyers didn't really even respond to the main arguments the House managers made today. They made two arguments. One, Trump wasn't a former official when he was impeached. He was a sitting president, so this whole constitutional debate is besides the point. And number two, if you accept what Trump is saying here, you're creating a January exception to the Constitution allowing presidents to do whatever they want. No answer. Now, Trump's lawyers can get away with that on a constitutional issue, but tomorrow and in the days ahead, Lester, as you say, the question's going to be all factual. What did Trump do? What did he say? What was his demeanor and the like? And there, if Trump's lawyers act the way they did today, it's bad news for Donald Trump. This is not a defense on the merits. All right. Well, uh, Neil and Claire, thanks to both of you. Uh, as we heard, the, they will resume this trial tomorrow at 12 noon Eastern time. But again, they dig into really the heart of this larger question about the incitement of the riot and the attack on the Capitol. Concludes our coverage for now. I'll have a complete wrap-up coming up on NBC Nightly News. We'll be back, of course, tomorrow at noon Eastern time for continuing special coverage on the second impeachment trial of Donald J. Trump. For now, I'm Lester.